Chapter 8 and Conclusion of Food Guide for War Service at Home by Catherine Blunt, Francis Swain, and Florence Powdermaker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 Vegetables and Fruits Vegetables and fruits represent a different and happier phase of the food situation than our short supplies of wheat and meat. The vegetables, especially, are a great potential reserve of food, for they can be produced in quantity in three or four months, on unused land, by labor that otherwise might not be used. Abroad, every resource for vegetable raising is being utilized to the utmost. France and Belgium have long made the most of all their land. Now England has made it compulsory to leave no ground uncultivated. Golf courses are now potato patches. Parks and every bit of backyard all grow their quota of vegetables. The boys in the old English public schools work with the hoe where before they played football. We in America have no more than touched our capacity for raising gardens. What we have done is merely a beginning. As the war goes on, we shall realize more and more the necessity for seizing every opportunity for active service. The accomplishments of the summer of 1917 showed the possibilities of the work, and placed it beyond the purely experimental stage. They have given experience and emphasized the value of expert advice and the economy of community efforts. Not only is the plant-a-garden a civilian movement, but it has taken hold in the armies as well. The American Army Garden Service is planning truck gardens in France to supply our troops. The Women's Auxiliary Army Corps of England plants gardens back of the British lines. Last summer the French fed 20,000 of their men from similar gardens. Every pound of food grown in these home and community gardens relieves the railroad congestion and gives more space for transporting munitions and coal. Every pound of food grown releases staples for Europe. Extra production of food of any kind, anywhere, takes on a new significance in the presence of half a world hungry. If you cannot grow vegetables, use them in abundance anyway. They are too perishable to ship abroad, and too bulky, containing so much water that it would be an uneconomical use of shipping to export them. But the more America eats of almost any kind of vegetable or fruit, the less of the more durable concentrated foods she will require. The products are so varied in kind and composition that they can be used to serve almost any purpose. Beans and peas to save meat potatoes and others to save wheat, sweet fruits to save sugar, jams even when spread on bread to save fat. All will improve the health and therefore increase human energies for winning the war. In the war diet, to save meat, beans and peas and peanuts are the only vegetables with much protein, so that they are the ones thought of primarily as meat substitutes. There are many kinds of them, fresh or dried, more than most of us realize. It is worthwhile to add to the diet not only the ordinary white or navy beans, 
but kidney lima black or soy beans cowpeas the many colored beans such as the pinto frioles and the california pinks it is these latter kinds that are used by the mexicans as their chief standby the army and navy use huge quantities of the white beans and the allied governments are also buying tons of the pintos the nineteen seventeen bean crop in response to the patriotic appeal was fifty per cent higher than the normal nearly all this increase was in the colored beans chiefly pintos the food administration fearing that some of this unusual surplus might be wasted and the farmer discouraged from producing a large output in nineteen eighteen bought up the extra crop and distributed it for sale at the different markets though soybeans and peanuts at least are exceptions the protein in beans and peas is not so satisfactory as a bodybuilder as that in animal foods so that a diet in which they are a large part should also contain some milk or eggs or a little meat two cups half a pound of shelled green peas or beans or one cup with a cup of skim milk gives as much protein as a quarter of a pound of beef dried beans and peas are of course cheaper than the canned with their larger amount of water at the usual market prices as much fuel can be bought for five cents spent for dried peas as for twenty-five cents for canned peas meat savers do not all have to be high protein foods since the diet of most of us contains considerably more protein than is necessary any vegetable can be a meat extender the pleasant flavor of meat can be obtained in meat stews such as the delicious french pot au feu stews can easily be made with less meat and more vegetables than usual the meat allowance is now so very small in france and the vegetables so scarce in the cities that the ingenuity of even the frenchwoman is taxed to get a meal to save wheat potatoes to save wheat the great potato drive to utilize the surplus of our huge 1917 potato crop, 100 million bushels above normal, has fixed in everyone's mind the interchangeableness of these two foods. Potatoes are one-fifth starch, almost the same quantity as in cooked breakfast cereals. Because of this starch, they give as satisfactory a fuel as wheat or corn or any other cereal one medium-sized potato supplies the same number of calories as a large slice of bread and contains more mineral salts than white bread europe has learned to eat potatoes instead of wheat when bread has been short potatoes have been the mainstay in every country they are today the largest single element in terms of energy in the german war ration sweet potatoes are also first-class wheat savers so to a lesser extent are most vegetables and fruits very few except white and sweet potatoes contain much starch but many of them have considerable sugar which serves as fuel just as starch does carrots beets onions parsnips and practically all fruits such as bananas oranges and grapes to save sugar we want sugar of course both for fuel and flavor the vegetables and some fruits have their sugar so covered up by other tastes that it does not help to make the food sweet 
it does of course serve for fuel bananas especially are fuel foods containing much starch when green which changes to sugar as the fruit ripens the sweetest fruits are the dried ones dates figs raisins prunes they have so much sugar that they can well be used in place of candy to save fat although few common fruits and vegetables contain fat jam is a real fat saver it is of high fuel value and has the advantage of being a spreading material so that it can replace butter with bread and cereals jam is of great importance in europe today and all the governments have taken steps to keep up the supply it is a regular part of the english army ration to keep the nation well an increase in the use of vegetables and fruits is practically sure to mean an increase in health many of us especially city dwellers do not eat enough of them many a young girl who does not like vegetables probably owes part of her languor to inadequate diet the old-fashioned touch of scurvy formerly noticed at the end of the winter and even now not an unknown thing was probably due to lack of vegetables in the winter diet the constipation which is so disturbingly prevalent can usually be cured or prevented by eating vegetables and fruits in sufficient quantities one of the most serious limitations in the diet of many of the very poor is the lack of vegetables as well as milk and the unduly large proportion of meat and bread in a community in new york city with high mortality rate seventy-five mothers whose diet was observed ate vegetables on the average only twice a week and fruit about the same number of times it is not difficult to understand why vegetables and fruits are so important only a few are especially valuable as fuel or as a source of protein but almost all are high in mineral salts and can supply the roughage desirable in the diet some also contain the vitamins the leafy vegetables being especially valuable because like milk they contain the two kinds the greens leafy vegetables like spinach cabbage brussels sprouts asparagus and lettuce are the ones that help most in these last ways protective foods they have been called they are rich in the iron calcium and other minerals that some of the other foods lack the use of plenty of these vegetables should go far toward keeping up health canning and drying vegetables and fruits the value of these foods both for the nation's health and for saving staples applies just as much in winter as in summer in wartime a winter supply either stored dried or canned takes on special significance because of their substitute value if the supply of staples runs critically low the canning industry because it makes vegetables obtainable at all times and places has been of great importance in the health and development of the country smith in his commercial geography says that canning more than any other invention since the introduction of steam has made possible the building up of towns and communities beyond the bounds of varied production a century or two ago sailors after a voyage of a year or two almost always came home with scurvy 
Recently, Nansen and his men drifted in the Arctic ice for years and remained in good health because of their supply of canned vegetables, fruits, and meats. The government has not been slow in appreciating the need of canned vegetables for the Army and Navy. It has commandeered about 25% of the canned beans, 12% of the corn, and 18% of the tomatoes of the 1917 pack. Large amounts will be needed this year also. Much of the 1918-19 supply for our troops in France is to be canned in France by arrangement with the French government, thus saving valuable shipping space. Drying, or dehydrating, has long been known for beans, peas, and corn, and for dates, prunes, figs, and raisins. But dried potatoes, beets, carrots, and soup mixtures are more or less new. The drying, of course, merely removes most of the water from the vegetable, and if the process is properly carried out, soaking the vegetable in water restores its original freshness. The war, with the need for every ounce of food and the increasing transportation difficulties, has brought the process into prominence. The dehydrated products, if properly stored, seem to keep a long time. Their saving in freight and shipping is plain, when it is remembered that the fresh vegetables and fruits often contain over 90% water, and the dried from 8% to 10%. Ships are too precious to be used for carrying unnecessary water. Our government has placed orders for several thousand tons of dehydrated potatoes for the Army, and may use other dried products as they can be obtained. Canada has sent abroad within the past three years over 50 million pounds of dehydrated vegetables, about two-thirds of which was the vegetable soup mixture, and one-third dried sliced potatoes. When reconstituted, this would make about 400 million pounds of vegetables. Germany has been drying her vegetables and fruits far more than we. In 1917, she had over 2,000 commercial plants, and an elaborate system of distributing all the available fresh material to the different plants to avoid waste. Individuals and communities with gardens, or wherever fresh products can be obtained, should not be dependent upon commercial agencies. As far as possible, every family and every neighborhood should be self-supporting. Home and community canning and drying are important duties. Can and dry the surplus. Store up enough to carry through the next winter. Follow expert advice as to methods. Use the greatest care to prevent spoilage. Wherever possible, unite with your neighbors in community canneries and dryers so that everyone can have the benefit of the best equipment and the most skilled supervision. A great deal was done in 1917. Millions of cans were put up and great waste prevented. But in 1918 more must be done. More vegetables must be raised and more must be canned. A great reserve for the winter is more necessary than ever. Conclusion Almost a year of food control in this country has passed, and the great new experiment in democratic administration of the nation's food is succeeding. 
the method of well-directed voluntary cooperation much more characteristic of our food control than of any other countries can be judged by its results to date we have sent abroad six times the wheat that we had believed was in the country for export we have exported vastly increased shipments of the other cereals of beef and pork of fats and condensed milk with canada we are supplying fifty per cent of the allies food instead of barely five per cent as before the war meanwhile our own population has been taken care of no one has gone hungry because of the shipments of food out of the country the price of the most important food bread has been kept stable a new experience in time of war these and others are great accomplishments brought about through the cooperation of the nation but they are slight in comparison with what must still be done the huge resources for extra food production and conservation have hardly been touched the imagination is just beginning to be stirred by the immensity of the whole undertaking and the sacrifice required to win the war men ammunition and food in a steadily increasing stream must go across our duty if we are to do this great thing and show america to be what we believe her to be the greatest hope and energy of the world is to stand together night and day until the job is finished president wilson end of chapter eight vegetables and fruits and conclusion end of food guide for war service at home by katherine blunt francis swain and florence powdermaker